Where is the line with you? <laughs> That's pretty good. Where is the love? Human behavior. Some beer. You know what, man? I love you and I love doing this show. Let's Me too, freaking buddy. do this show. Big day. Huge day. Gearbuds podcast episode 155, 155, 155. Still trucking along. Still trucking along. Hell yeah, man. It gets more impressive every time we say a new number because it's a big freaking number. It's a huge number. And I'm excited to be talking about numbers and gear and buds with you. My name is Henry. He's Dave. Hi. This is our show. Let's do it. Symphony of Corrections. Here's your weekly reminder. Cables are tone tubes. Did you know that? I used my tone tube the other day. I think I saw it in a photograph. Yeah, it was. Hmm. Give me a little, little, little twinkle. Sent you a photograph. Yeah. Thank you for listening to us be bing bong ding dongs on this podcast every week. Follow us on the stuff. Subscribe on the stuff. Email us at the stuff gearbuds podcast at gmail.com. If you want to talk to us, we're here. We're talking to you. Why don't you talk to us too? Yeah. Yeah. Whew, here we go. Updates. Uh, I guess this is like the this whole section is supposed to be updates if you're new to the symphony. But, you know, we've just changed it into whatever. We got this some is updates now. today? I don't know. I just kind of wanted to check in on a couple of things. I just wanted to say, still really like playing that 12 string. Yeah, let's talk about Pretty the 12 cool string. Guitar. It's not out here. No, it's not because the Lester the came Les out. The Les Paul was out, yeah. And I just have been, I just wanted to play I, I do think strings. actually it's, it's smart that you leave out, because you always do have a guitar out here yeah. in the main room, but then you've got your guitars. They're not in cases, they are on the stand mm-hmm. out there in the other room. So that's mm-hmm. kind of, it's just a cleaner kind of vibe out here. It's just whichever guitar I'm playing right now. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, Have you had? Did sometimes you play the, the acu- or? sometimes the acoustic will be out at the same time as an electric because you know they're sort of like in different areas. Uh, I you know since I picked up the Les Drive, that's all I've been playing just because that's yeah. you know that's my guitar. Yeah, so that's awesome. Thing. But I st- I'm happy to have the twelve. Still kind of want to change the pickups, I think, because I just don't like how those ones sound. Oh, you know what? This made me think too, and it's a problem, but. Now that I have a twelve string at my disposal, I kind of want to have a baritone again. Let me go back to strings real quick. Mm-hmm. What did you get for the uh, for the twelve string? Just while we're on the topic of brands, it's hard for me to remember. I bought so many different types <laughs> of strings. I think with those, I want to say, oh, I'm getting a weird refre- reflection that's making my eyeball hurt. I think with those, I might have gone Ernie Ball. Okay, straight slinky. Yeah. Just curious. Foreshadowing got a little Ernie Ball update later. Oh, good, because those are uh, those are a better price. Ernie Ball has nice prices. I feel. And like. I, you know what? They're just you can't go wrong with an Ernie yeah. Ball slinky. Uh, they're going to go. They're I have, I have a gripe right. against Ernie Ball, but I'll, we'll get back to that. Why? What's your gripe against Ernie Ball? Well, I've never had bass strings ba- break except oh, for Ernie Ball. Oh, I can't say I'm not speaking to the bass strings. I'm I know. just purely talking guitar well, strings. It's a brand. I mean, they but failed I mean, Ernie me. Ball slinky is like the guitar string. I know. Jimmy Page and every I know, of course. star. Of um, old, well, you guys change your times. strings a lot more often too. We gotta. So going back to the baritone thing, yeah. this this gets me excited because I know you had a baritone for a while. The Mike Mushock signature. That guitar um, ruled. Well, very good guitar. Maybe you need another one. I I can't because I got such a smoking deal on the first one that I then flipped around into something razzmatazzy on the back end that I'll never get. I'll never. I'll never get the same type of deal that I got. Are those pricey uh, if you want to buy one? Everything's pricey if you want to buy one. In general, like, what are we talking here? I haven't looked, but I would imagine that those are at least, maybe a bit less than that, but 
you know, yeah. more a lot more than I'd be willing to. Play. Yeah, I remember that thing. That was a cool. That was a great cool guitar. instrument. Would you? I mean, I look. I, I always want to send you a baritone. You've been buying guitars hand over fist lately. I don't want to send hand you too much. Hand over fist. I bought one. I know, but it just feels like it because I've bought zero in the last. Yeah, I got it. Well, and there, and I, I have sold some stuff. I, I still want. If Stingray ever freaking gives me that Aria back, I'm gonna sell that bad boy. Sure. Um, maybe he's playing it. Maybe he's writing some new. He's writing a new in album. Freaking Houston doing. <laughs> cool music stuff who knows what would you get i mean if you're talking baritone let's let's hypothesize i, I love second. the jerry jones which is the sort of like boutique remake of the dan electro from okay the 90s and maybe 2000s yeah. I, don't, I don't think he makes them anymore uh, but then you know there's there's like a cool vintage Gibson, of course, which is always what I think the about. Les, the Les Paul baritone? Because I've no, seen like that. The, I, you know, probably maybe like a... It's, it's a rare a, bird. Like at one of the double necks or something, like get, get wild, Ooh. you know? Now, you know, if we're talking price, I mean, you're going to go budget with it? Like you're like, I might use this thing a few times, or do you think this is going to be like a big purchase? I, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of, yeah, I kind of... I kind of want to get something good. I, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been sort of threatening to get rid of a bunch of like three things, then get one good thing. And now I'm like, I've, I have gotten rid of a handful of things, and I still haven't gotten the one good thing. Sure. You know, so it's like now I'm like, well, maybe I just get, like I said, get that Alvarez and that Aria in the mix, throw right. those at them, and maybe get crazy and get like a weird double neck, like I've always wanted. Because I, could you imagine? But it would be, can I get a signature Gibson double neck? But it'll be a twelve string and a baritone. That'd be cool, man. Can you imagine? I kind of like that. You know what I was thinking about though, too, with the baritone. What am I going to tune that to? What was the Mike Mushak tune to? That was I just. It's Standard? basically like a essentially. It's it's a, it's a, it's a regular guitar tuning, those intervals, but down. I can't remember if it was a fifth or a seventh. Okay, but. I don't, you know, it's in like standard, so not, not the CGCD thing. Hmm. So like, the the bottom string was a B, so maybe I just transpose the whole thing down. Oh yeah, go! Oh my God, it would be Gaga. Yeah, G A, right? No, no, yeah, no. G A G F, G F G F G C. Goof 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 goof. Um. Yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah, all the ones I've ever tried were no, that's standard not right. BF. Guitar. It'll be BF, 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 oh. B to C. Nice. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's like, uh, yeah. You, I mean, at this point, you've got to just try some wacky shit with it. You know? Well, that's. Uh, I guess that's that's yeah, that's enough hypothetical baritone talk for us to two ding dongs now. But uh, B, I, maybe BF, BF, BC could work. I think that's like we've 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 learned something, dude. Check it out, reverb has been talking about tube updates and so we've got to talk about tube updates all right i always read their their uh, they always put out their top selling stuff of the month i yeah. always read it Love this it. month they talked about how tubes showed up for the first time ever and uh much like hoarding of toilet paper was happening at times in the pandemic now people have been doing the tube hoarding thing and they're like yeah listen uh, we normally don't put accessories in these emails because yeah. no one cares about straps and shit, right. you weirdos. But because you freaks bought so many tubes, we have to talk about this. And uh, they're like, we saw, you know, beyond 
anything, any level, nor, uh, normal level uh, shit going on at the beginning of the month. However, at the very end of March, they saw it start to dip down again. So there is hope that it seems like things may, may return to normal sometimes. So are you, are you telling me that the tubes were hot, but they cooled down a little? Oh, Dave, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Did you see the wheels turn? I like, didn't, but okay. I felt them. And once you dropped that bomb right on Um me. Well, that's good to know. I mean, at least we're not in a it's situation. It's a temporary bubble. Right. Right? Wish guitars would do that right now. I, is it wishful thinking, or have you been feeling that happening at all, or are they still getting way more expensive? Very, very little, if anything. Okay. Very little. Mm, maybe I'm just wanting that to happen. Oh, you sent me something about Reverb 2 that we should mention. Sure. That they updated the shipping deal. I got an email. You got an email. Yeah, they uh, they now have calculated shipping, which is... <laughs> Explain to the folks what calculated shipping means. Okay, well, in my experiences, when I was selling guitars on Reverb, they would have a situation where you basically have to estimate. You can put in the um, the weight and the size of the of the box or the container that you're going to use to ship something. Mm-hmm. Um, pedals would be a lot easier, but something like a guitar can vary. You know, five pounds even. Or totally. Something. So, um, especially with one of those back breaking less. Yeah. So you and reverb, you would often estimate. You had to estimate the amount you thought it would cost. It would tell you how much it thinks it would cost just to ship it. I guess anywhere. I don't really understand because I know it. It's different depending on where in the mm-hmm. United States you live. You know. And eBay's been doing this for years where you put in the you put in the weight, you put in the dimensions, and then depending on exactly who's looking at the listing, it gives them an estimated shipping price. And so now you're telling me that Reverb also offers this. At Ten years later, Reverb has finally figured this out. So good job, guys. Uh, I don't know what took so long. Maybe Hell maybe yeah. eBay had like a proprietary algorithm on that shit. I don't know. I don't know, dog. Um, but they figured it out. So, so now, now it's so, but dude, here's the thing. There's a downside. There's, I think there's a downside because as a, as a shipper and seller, mm-hmm. you can bake a little bit extra and you can bake a little into the cake. Price. You, sometimes you can make up that, you know, that 3% or 5% or whatever they're taking these days and with a little bit more on shipping, but you also don't want to scare people away. No, and be like, no, you got to find that balance yeah, and play that game. And yeah. now that has been taken away. The game from is us. gone. Yeah. Which I'm actually for yeah. that. If yeah. anything, just because I think it'll move more stuff. I think someone will be like. Oh, this guy lives in Indiana, you know, down the street here. It's not going to cost you as much as it You drop it off for a nickel and a gallon of gas. Yeah. For a cow and some magic beans. Dude, I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, you know what I got to say to that? What do you guys say? Dave Oh, we're moving. We're moving today. We're I don't know. Right I mean, I because I, I feel like we weren't moving at all uh, to Got a the, little in too, that symphony there. A so long. let's just, I don't long know. Long in the tooth. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But I just want to know what you got for us with Dave's docs this week because I have no freaking clue what's coming at us. And that is always super, super exciting for me. You know, I was listening to some records this week. And uh, there's one record that I own that gets me pumped. It's a record I bought on a whim at like reckless or something in the used section it was probably like a dollar or two dollars so i just i was like i just i'll get it Did for it the a cool cover cool cover i don't know if you have this one is it an artist that you knew already it's a band that i did not know when i bought the record oh awesome. i mean I, I might have known a song or two okay but i didn't know of this performance and it's grand funk live oh do you have this record? You know, I feel like I it's a staple in most people's collection. I think I might have been gifted a Grand Funk record at some point, but I don't. I don't believe that I have. Uh, it, no, it's it's a black cover with just a black and white photograph of them rocking on the front, and then like his hair is going all crazy, and then it just says Grand Funk in like white and red letters. Did it's this really inspire cool. Dave's docs this week? Yes, I watched a Grand Funk doc. Oh my god! Gra- also known as Grand Funk Railroad. Yeah, thanks for clearing clearing that well, up they, for any of, any of our know, younger listeners. I'll be honest. 
they kind of went as Grand Funk early on, and they changed their name at some point. But they never in the doc explained why or how they no changed their name. No kidding. But I always thought Grand Funk that just seemed like an obvious shortening of a long fucking name. Well, the name was from an actual railway that was in Flint, Michigan, where the band is from. So it was like a, a rail line, I guess it was called. Not a railway. So what's the name of the doc you watched? The name of the doc. Uh, it was technically a behind the music. But it was a. Uh, what do you mean technically? Because they edited it to make it just like it was a Grand Funk documentary. It was just called like on YouTube. It was called Grand Funk. Documentary. Oh, the, the uploader changed a. a yeah, and music. then they cut out all the things, which actually I preferred. They cut out the things where before they go to commercial, they're like, "Here's what's gonna happen if you stay tuned." <laughs> they cut <laughs> all those out. I, I fucking hate those, dude. Oh, that's amazing. So I it's love just that. like watching a just a, a you know oh. obviously the quality is shit because it's definitely it has the same narrating narrating guy as that the, four uh, by three aspect ratio. Yeah, it's it's you know it's it's pixelated and it looks like shit. It's probably from like two thousand or something. Um, I will say this, Grand Funk. You could argue, many could argue, they were one of the best <laughs> live bands who ever who ever hit. The who stage. would argue this? A lot of people. Tell me, why would someone argue that? I'll give you two reasons. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll get to that. <laughs> they had 10 consecutive platinum records in seven years, the seven years that they basically existed. Shut the fuck up. Swear to God. Grand Funk had 10 consecutive million album selling records? Yes. In the seven years they existed. All of their records went platinum? <laughs> what? Dude, check it out. Grand Funk. Trio from Flint, Michigan. Only a trio, by the way. Name name five Grand Funk. Songs. I only have Grand Funk Live. It's the only one. <laughs> I can I can't, I can't, and by the I way, can think of a word American band, and that's it. Um, they also did. Um, well, I mean, dude, they were the people's band. So you have to understand. <laughs> there was a lot going on in Flint, Michigan in 1969. I'm calling shenanigans, good sir. I feel like I'm living hey, in some sort of alternate universe I just right report, now where Grand Funk somehow matters. I just report the docs. Check this out. They were managed by a guy named Terry Knight who ends up totally fucking them over. Um, so they got their big break. Uh, they were basically like, they played in other bands. Two of the guys were in one band and then they had to find the bass player. Then they started jamming in a garage as like a trio and they were kind of, they were literally like a garage band. If you've listened to them before, to me, if you haven't, uh, they kind of sound like, like their early stuff especially, sounds like kind of like Chicago, but like the heavier Chicago Sands stuff. Horns. Sands horns. But similar vocals, similar kind of mm-hmm. like really groovy, like yeah. funk and kind of a party band, right? Um, so they get a massive- Party band, yeah. Totally. Um, so they get, oh yeah, so they were named after the Grand Trunk Railway in Flint. So that's where the name came from. It's a fucking pun. Of course it's a yeah, pun. Yeah. Oh. Dude, this band rules. Check it out. So they get a massive gig at the Atlanta Pop Festival. Um, Zeppelin played that day. And they opened up- you They, know, they opened for Zeppelin? Well, kind of. It was a festival, so there's probably yeah. a lot of bands. But they there was like more people than they could see. Like it was just like hundred thousand people or whatever. You know what? As far as I'm concerned, if you played on the same stage as that band and, and that that day, you opened for that band. Oh, I'll get there. Okay, I'll get there. Uh, they fucking crushed it. Everybody loved them. They showed some footage from it, dude. They were great live. Like they just they were good musicians. They rehearsed together, and there was just a it was a power trio. Like it literally was. Mm. Um, I can't believe there. I hear. I hear. Wasn't there? Didn't they have a keyboard player in the on the records? They got one later. Okay. Yeah. Um, I should mention Don Brewer on drums, Mark Farner on guitar. He was kind of the the guitar player singer. I've and, never heard um, those names before. Yeah, and then who's uh, the bassist? Bass boy. I know I'd had it in here somewhere, but it's so hard. Oh, uh, Mel Shocker was his name. Mel Shacher is how it's spelled, mm-hmm. but it's Shocker. So, anyways, TB so, TB player. So here's the deal: their guy, their manager, was kind of a friend of theirs. He was in a band with them before they formed Grand Funk. He worked for Capitol Records. 
and he didn't at the time that they knew him, but then mm-hmm. they, he was, they were like, Hey, you know, Terry works for capital. Let's like get him, come Hit check him us up. out. He sees this Atlanta pop thing. He's like, all right, you guys are fucking great. Let's do this. Capital time, baby. So here's where the shenanigans really start. Dude. Oh boy. Uh, he, he works for capital. So capital signed him on the label, not the band. What? So he got a hundred percent control of like what was going to oh, happen no. on their contract. They were like, well, we're just happy to be like playing music. Yeah. Really classic story, but also like really fucked up, right? So, um, so they signed they signed him to the label, not the band. Uh, they didn't think anything of it. Three weeks after Atlanta, they released their first album. Was it how? Wait, how many records did they say? How many records the contract was? They didn't for? really get into the specifics. Oh. I'm guessing it was maybe it was just like as long as we want to keep you around. Oh I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. They signed their manager, not the band. That's so ins- I don't I've know. I've never heard of such things. I haven't either. I was, it kind of blew my mind. So this is still 1969. So like the world is a fucking weird fucking place. <laughs> All this shit is like, you can either make a ton of money in the record industry or you can make no money. Um, so Get then, yourself a payola freaking telly. So because of their, their signing to Capitol, they opened for Zeppelin in Michigan. Like, lit- like legit opened a show for Zeppelin. This is after oh, the Atlanta man. Pop Festival thing. I feel like I'm. I'm. This is this is a the, like the like, plot to a sweet movie that I want to see. It's kind of like a Friday Night Lights thing. So they're playing their hometown crowd. Yeah. The crowd is going apeshit for their Grand band. Fuck, Grant, dude. Fuck, Grant, fuck. Peter Grant was pissed that the crowd was like gonna overshadow Zeppelin. Like Zeppelin, like they said Zeppelin like might not have wanted to come out that. Night. Did you mention what year this was? 1969. Oh, this is this is height of zeppelindom i know their their ascent i know um check this out so peter grant was pissed he actually and and oh here's the cool thing about these behind the musics they have all the band members telling the stories right which you can believe them or not i'm sure they're exaggerating from 40 years ago Mm -hmm. but he said uh peter grant grabbed him by the neck and lifted him up and was like get your fucking band off the stage like we want them off like they're they're creating like he's known to be a large fellow and kind of a crazy fucking yeah. thugged guy and he grabbed this he grabbed the manager by the neck oh lifted my. him up and was like pull the plug on these guys they're fucking done zeppelin's going on zeppelin's gonna go tear this shit guess, down guess what they pull the plug mate fucking riot breaks out they showed footage of it in the crowd no way in in detroit because they're like fucking this is our band dude like fuck you guys. this is grand funk territory fuck you, you fucking limeys <laughs> and they so they got pissed is that bad i don't know it's not that know. bad that was you know they you know where that came from right <laughs> no it's a it's a reference to um, scurvy. Uh, the guys who took ships over from the UK, uh, from whatever Brit- Great Lyme Britain, disease. No, you'd get scurvy if you didn't eat vitamin C. Uh-huh. Vitamin C deficiency. So they would feed them limes on the way over. Oh dear. To keep them to keep them healthy. Hmm. Yeah, scurvy is a real thing. Watch out. Scurvy's real. Eat your vitamin C, everybody. Um, Did you know that pirates didn't wear eye patches because of losing an eye? It was so that they could go up and down from being on the deck with a bunch of sun to being downstairs with uh, pure you know, darkness. I did not know in that. In the galley so they can just like go up and down and then just really? flip that shit up. That's, that's fascinating. That's what, that's what the world tells me. Who knows? This, I might be that you might want to you might want to double check my facts on that one, folks, I think. But I, I've heard that. So Terry pulled the plug because he's like, Peter Grant's going to fucking strangle me or shoot me in the yeah. face. So he pulled the power. He announced the there's a huge fucking riot. They became legendary from that point. out. So like, Zeppelin didn't play. I don't think so. Wow. I mean, I don't know if they went on. I doubt they went on, although it was 1969, so who knows? They might have yeah. been like, just go on anyways. So the word spread. These guys were like known as this insane fucking awesome live power Dude, trio That's band. the best possible outcome for them. Yeah. Oh, it was perfect. It was a great PR thing. So check this out. So they were like, all right, 
well, we're legendary, so now we're going to do a world tour. And people would literally, if they sold out of an arena or a show, people would riot that city. It was like a, it was like a thing. What? Yeah, they would like break, rip down the box office and like fucking go insane and like get arrested if they ran out of tickets to sell to everybody. Grand Funk. Grand Funk. I'm, I'm telling you, dude, one of the greatest live bands that ever hit the stage. So then, they sold uh, on record. It was um, 10 million records sold in two years by 1971. Say that again. 10 million records were sold in in just two years of being a band. Holy yeah, shit. Massive. And I think that was still just that first record. I'm, I'm not, they kind of get dicey on those because they have so much That's information. That's diamond. People loved them because they were the people's bands. They talked about Vietnam. They talked about environmental stuff. They talked about crooked politicians. Like they were on that kind of like, we're, we're this fun party band, but we're also speaking to you like on a, mm. on a level. Check this out. They were the only other band in history as of that point to play Shea Stadium. Other than the Beatles. Other than the Beatles, they sold it out in 72 hours. Do you know how long it took the Beatles? 73. Seven weeks. Oh, seven weeks, really? They asked them how they wanted to get into the stadium. They're like, do you guys want to like, you know, get escorted in? They go, we want to fly a helicopter into the stadium. I was going to ask if it was a helicopter. So they had to. They're like, that's what the Beatles did. Um, Literally, dude, they showed footage from this, and I'm sure it's on YouTube. The fucking bleachers are like moving up and down. Like... You know, in like the crowd, you see uh-huh. it like uh, in the Lollapalooza the ones, and like yeah. the, you know Woodstock, whatever. Like the whole the people jumping. This is on bleachers. It looks like they said they had to call in like like engineers to be like or whoever's working there to be like, we need to get in here now and like re- reinforce this shit. Oh my god! This whole fucking stadium is gonna collapse because these people are going ape shit for Grand Funk. So that was for Grand Funk in 1971. Wow. That was probably the peak of their career, unfortunately. Why? Because then they started to realize that they were getting completely fucking ripped off. They did a deal. Where they were only making, according to the band, three hundred and fifty dollars a week, and they were, uh, and the and Terry, the manager, was claiming that because they confronted him, they were pissed. He's like, "You guys are making a hundred thousand dollars a week. I don't know what they're talking about. They're full of shit." What they were doing was they were taking, uh, he was taking that money, or they were. I'm not really sure how it worked. They were investing into like oil and coal and like all these other like things going on in the world, mm-hmm. like in in the U.S. So it was like. You know, be like now, like being like, oh, I'm going to invest in like a tech company or something like Some that. Crypto. All the money. Yeah. All the money Buy that I made. NFTs. And none of it like panned out. So like Oof. they just lost all this fucking money. Yikes. Fucking insane, dude. Um, they fired him. So then he sued them for $57 million, which is money they didn't have. Yeah, of course. So I don't really know how they fucking settled. They settled by being like, here's all the money we have in our bank accounts. Here's <sighs> all the rights to all of our music, which he owned most of that anyways. Here's everything we have. And they're completely destroyed. And this is like three years into their fucking heartbreaking. Into their band, dude. Um, that's when they kind of came back. Oh, you know what? And I also want to say, fuck this guy, Terry, man, because he was in there and he he actually said this like on the documentary. He goes, uh, he goes, yeah, a lot of people said that I, I'm like the guy with the black hat. You know, that was always the saying for like the bad guy. Mm-hmm. He goes, I might be wearing the black hat, but I'm wearing it all the way to the bank. And that's OK with me. So like fuck you, wow. dude. OK, like he's just open. You're just going to order prick. Uh, really own being a, a prickhead. Yeah. There. So that was that. So then they get back to work. The drummer actually wrote uh, We're an American Band, which which brought them back to life because now they're under new management. They're under new label and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So they start making their money back and they do OK. Um, and then I think they lasted for another like five years or so. Then what happened? Uh, well, they broke up because they just got tired of it. I think I think the drummer wanted to be more of a party band and the guitar player wanted to do more of like singer songwriter, like not singer songwriter, but he wanted to be like more about the lyrics and about the message and everything like that. Hmm. And it just wasn't working. 
they were done with it. They'd kind of rised and fallen pretty quick. Did they? Did they ever? Any? Did they ever do other stuff? No, I don't think they did solo records or no. anything. But they did get back together in like I think like 1999 or 2000 or something. Did they? Like that. Was it Grand Funk Reunion or something? Did yeah. they change the name? No, no, they kept Grand Funk Railroad. I think. And they went to uh, Grand Funk Starship. Yeah, <laughs> like Jefferson Starship. Nice. So it was fucking. It was fucking interesting. Um, the last thing that was crazy was they got hit with uh the taxes. Dude, the IRS came Thanks, after them. Man. This is wild. The IRS came after them for they. I think they put in thirty. He said they put in thirty three thousand dollars a piece on like a piece of like some coal industry or some oil, some oil well that dried up. I think it was, and they, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. But then, the, for whatever reason, like the taxes kept like in the system. They never paid the taxes on it, and they got hit for like three quarters of a million dollars a oh, piece no. in like in like nineteen eighty or eighty five oh. or something. So it was like. They were just doubly getting kicked down. So the fucking, the, the singer they kind of follow the most, and he's just talking. He's like, yeah, man, I barely crawled out of that. Uh-huh. Like, that was insane. Let's get back together and make some tax money. Has a happy ending. They fucking got back together in 96. They jammed, and they got back together. And then they immediately in 98 launched, like, an 85-city tour. So I'm sure that at yeah. that point, they're probably, you know, fool me once, kind of like, all right, let's get a manager. Let's, like, make some money. So it seemed like they were doing okay. I found some gear spotting that was yes. pretty interesting. Um. Dude, so the guitar player, I saw him playing a Les Paul at one point, and I saw him playing a, a Jackson, uh, I'm sorry, a Gibson Flying V at one point. <laughs> that would have been Jackson awesome v. if Grand Funk dude was playing a Jackson Well, v. dude, he played some weird guitars. Honestly, I, I kind of want to show you some pictures because I don't know what the fuck he's oh, playing. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. There are these weird, one kind of, it might be like a K, but it basically has like um like the Starcaster. Remember the Starcaster with the big like paddle-shaped headstock thing? Oh, yeah, thing? and the, it's like the semi-hollow. But it had that, but it had like an Ernie Ball-style body. It was weird. It was mm. a really, but this is like in 1970. So I don't know what the fuck it was. Um, he was also playing this weird Gretsch with like a three, three and three headstock, something or other. It was really hard to tell because the footage was old. But he he wasn't playing like strats or anything. Then in the modern Yo, footage, fuck strats. In the modern footage, he's sitting there with his interview and he's got a Parker Fly. Oh yes, because it was the probably lightest. Like, it was probably was like nineteen ninety nine. Two point five pounds. Yeah. So yeah, I, I will say this: the bass guy stuck with his uh, jazz bass through the whole thing for most of it until like Jables? the modern stuff. He had like a mid mid late sixties because it had the blocks sun sunburst, Blockies. but he had which I would never do. But he put the humbucker in the neck. Oh, and it gave him that fat to replace that fat tone, not like in tandem with the, to replace the, the neck pickup okay. on the on the yeah. single coil. And it still had the because uh, you've got some room there if you wanted to oh, have put another it was pickup. A very up there. very common modification, but he was kind of the one who who did it first, That's famously. Fun. So. Um, Pretty fucking good, man. You throw a mud bucker in there and then go to town. But you love the you. I mean, that pickup is like kind of like the jazz bass sound for you. So that would change completely. Change. Yeah, own, I'm I, not saying to do it to yours, but like no, no, just no. in general, I it, would hate it. Yeah. yeah, I would. I would. I mean, I don't even really like it on the on the fretless that mm-hmm. I have, but it's just what it it's is. It's a cool thing. But um, yeah, I, I, you know what? It was a. It sounds kind of like a bummer story, but it's a story of hope. I mean, they okay. get back together. You know, yeah. and then they got their families, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna go tour." Perseverance, don't give up. Connection. I liked it. I mean, going from literally a garage band to selling out Shea Stadium in three days is like, that's crazy. In seventy-two hours, dude, that's unbelievable. It's, it's wild. When they said that, I was like, because I didn't know this either. Watching, it, I was like, oh, they played like some festivals, and I had that live album, and I'm like, I knew they were good. Uh huh. And it's funny because if you listen to that live album, the whole first track on that vinyl. Is just people chanting Grand Funk, Grand Funk, 
Grandpa, Grandpa. And then they come out, bow, 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 and it's <laughs> it's pretty rocking, dude. It's pretty good shit, man. The fucking drummer's amazing. Like the band is really good. So. All right, hit us. What do you got? What's your totally arbitrary ranking on the, your I want to give this one. You know, it's always it's always skewed a little with the uh, behind the music. You mm-hmm. know, because it's just it is what it is. A little forty minute doc. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give this one a solid eight and a half out of 10 American bands. Mm, the American band. That's right. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, the band of the people. Great. You're, I mean, if you're, you're making these bold claims about greatest live band, I feel they like they blew Zeppelin off the stage. According to lore, to, you're going to have to follow us up. Send me a little something. Show me, show me uh, some live grand funk that sure. might make me a believer. Sure, sure. Can you do this for me? I think I'll, I can try to find the one where they where they blows up yes, off the stage please. and get in the ride ensues. Whatever, whatever. You're like, this is the one that's gonna. I want to. This will convince them. Just send me that one. Yeah, I mean, Peter Grant. You know, I'm sure he was like dramatic and shit too. Where he's like, all right, guys, maybe they yeah. were playing too long. You know, you don't really know the story. Could have been fucked up. Who knows? Yeah. Might they have been on blow. I mean, come they on. They all were on yeah. the, those key bumps. Yeah. So back in the day, it was a good one, man. Everybody check out Grand Funk. They're Everybody awesome. check out Grand Check Funk. them out, dude. I think it's one of the dumbest <laughs> band names of all time. Like, I really do. I, oh, man, it's a pun I hated so much, which makes me love it, actually. Yeah, Grand Trunk. Oh, my gosh. So silly. Can we talk about some future gear? Please. You know, I feel bad. I, I wanted to start future gear with a Dave update, but you were just talking so much. Maybe we should come back to it. Want okay. to come? Want to come back to it? I at can the, take a breath. How, why don't we talk about some new gear stuff, and yeah. then at the end we'll we'll do some sure. new Dave stuff. Let's talk about future gear. Let's talk about it. Okay. First things first. Then, uh, hello Gibson's new Master Artisan collection getting kicked off by those freaking crazy Leo Scala guitars. Yeah, those uh, V's. Those flying V's. The super the Scala Super Fifty Eights. I watched that video and I, at first I was like, "What? What's going on?" But you can tell the guy who designed those, Leo Scala. Yes, right? uh, he knows what the fuck he's talking about, dude. So, if it sounds like you're you're unaware of this, I'm new I, to this. I didn't know until I worked at CME. Yeah, who that man is, but he sells very expensive Les Pauls under his own brand name, and ha- and I, you know, we're talking five figure custom guitars mm-hmm. that have been played by Slash and many okay. very. Uh, famous top end guitar players, you but know, these like weren't he, under the Gibson umbrella. No, he, he, and you can still buy them now. Mm-hmm. Like he still makes scale guitars, but if they ever came in to see me, they, boom, they're wow. gone. So it was that kind of thing. So I was excited because I had I'd seen I'd seen the email, I hadn't watched it. You sent me the videos, like gotta watch this. Yeah, it was cool. I watched it too. It was great. So let's talk about them. Did you watch the video? You mm-hmm. did. Or yeah, you yeah, you did. So uh, we're, this is kind of a little little Dave's doc postscript sure. right here because it was like a what 10 11 minute video yeah. where they actually walk through he ha- it's the master artisan collection is this thing that gibson's doing now where it's like they're going to partner with crazy builders amazing builders and they're going to make a very limited amount of instruments by hand and then s- sell only those and this is 10 flying v's all more or less to 1958 the origin of the flying v original year specs from mm-hmm. that year so you know you're talking karina yeah. and brazilian rosewood and he hand winds a pickups himself and there are 10 guitars six of them are double blacks three of them are double cream or, or zebra one's a double cream and then uh you know because that w- that's like the distribution of the how the pickups would have been in 1958 yeah. and uh so um let's talk through them because i'm, I'm curious do you do you remember them well enough to give me some give me some takes on them? Because I want to I want to hear I want to talk through them actually really well. Quickly. The th- the three it seemed like there were three that were featured. So on the the, video. what the video the way that it's laid out there's ten guitars, there are three guitars where they're all the same spec, 
three guitars within each one, so nine guitars total there. So there, but then there's different pickguard colors. There'll be a black pickguard, a white pickguard, and then a sort of like metallic-y, chromey kind yeah, of kind of a steampunk looking vibe. And there are th- the three types of guitars are ones just like straight up how a 58 flying V would have been more or less, but they're all single pickup should be Mm -hmm. mentioned. Right. Right. And then the other one has a Bigsby, which is super sick. And then the other one is something that I haven't seen before. And they went instead of the, you know, the original flying V was a top loader uh, for the stop bar tailpiece area for the tailpiece of the guitar. This one, they actually went string through Mm -hmm. so you can, but the way that the tailpiece is made, you can still string it through the top if you want. So what they oh, okay. actually did was they went string through with the bottom three strings, the heaviest strings, and then s- and then top loader with the top three strings to wow. make it a little easier to bend. I've never even and thought I have of that. Never in a million years thought of that. I want to do it so bad now, oh, dude. Shit, oh dude. my god! I know. I freaked out when I saw that. I kind of screamed a little. bit. was like, oh my god! The simplest thing and it just blew my freaking mind. We're always learning new shit on this, yeah. man. It's so, crazy. and and I don't. I mean, I've never seen that before. I don't know if anybody's done that. I mean, yes, of course, there are guitars where you or you could you could put a bridge on a guitar that is already drilled through, you know, for a string through setup and do this already. But it just I've I never yeah. thought of it. And I've certainly never seen it on a Gibson style guitar. So let's. I just. But if you if you had to pick, I guess maybe we don't need to go through them individually. But yeah. oh, we should mention there is a tenth guitar. So we only talked about nine. Okay. The tenth guitar is fully custom it's like the the there are sort of like like i said there are those three sort of sub series and then there's three guitars within that so there's like three sort of like sister guitars this one stands on its own and it's called the serif and it's got a double pick guard that's all metal and like he made a special metal surround for the pickup ring mm-hmm. itself and there's even i think it's even fancier wood i don't remember all the deal with it um, but I have to ask from all of them, you've got the black, white, and then the metal pick guard. You've got standard Bigsby. Yeah. Freaking string through situation. Which one are you choosing? Yeah. I mean, well, I'd, I, I would love to try the, uh, the half, the hybrid string through, right. you know, just to see what it feels right. like. I'm, that'd be pretty cool. How about, but I'm just saying, how about pure looks alone? Pure looks alone. Pure you know what I mean? I'm a, I was thinking about this, uh, when I was watching it, cause I was like, Oh, I'm sure we'll talk about it. The, um, I like the classic, like the 58 look, you know, okay. like the, the white pick, guard, white pick guard. the natural yeah. body. And then just like, you know, that, so that to me was cool. He got pretty wild with that one. I think it was the custom one. The right? serif, Very yeah. steampunky looking. Like totally. A little bit much for my and taste. And they all had. Sure. It's fucking like awesome. A, like guitar. a sort of, cr- like a chromey skull sort of deal with the, even uh, the knobs the had knobs. like, yeah, like uh, intricate details. My, what I took away from that was his attention to detail on one, knowing the history of how the original instruments were built oh, the down to the screws, details. down to the screws Crazy. being like, Oh, these are like the, the flat brass, screws. Yeah, yeah. flat screws, whatever. And I was like, Oh, this guy knows his shit. Cause at first I was like, you know, I've heard his name and I was like, what's going on here? Who's this? this who's this, this fucking, joker? And what, this, this guy's going to tell me this over freaking here? guy. Come on. And, uh, so it was neat to watch that. And then his attention to detail and, and even like, you know, we talk about relics a little bit on here and stuff and in and, and the slight amount of wear that he puts just, in them, just, just enough where well, you're like, Oh, that does look identical to something, mm-hmm. you know, from the fifties. So to me, yeah, I, I love that. The classic 58 look for sure. I've, I always have, but uh, what about yourself? So you'd pick, you'd pick the standard sort of 58 the with a white, white, yeah. Pickguard. Mm-hmm. You know, at first I was like, well, it's just like on straight up value. The Seraf is, of course, going to be like the expensive one. But honestly, on, on, on just pure aesthetics, yeah. I've never 
I've never owned a Gibson Flying V, and I definitely have never owned one that has a Bigsby on it. So I was like, man, that's, that's just cool. like a mean look with one pickup. But to be totally honest, I'm so intrigued by the string through deal that I would choose that with the black pick guard. With the natural finish? Natural finish, yeah. black pick guard. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, that kind of the black pick guard to me gives it that kind of like seventies look. Yeah, bit. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I know it's 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 because it's it is. I mean, it's still crazy to think about how futuristic of a design that thing was in nineteen fifty eight. It was aggressive. It was aggressive, man. Um, yeah, how come you've never had a V? I mean, it's just like of all the guitars, on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just haven't had the one. I've tried a few times in my life. Even I mean, one of the first guitars i really tried to get in like my early 20s was actually the gibson gothic flying v it was like black on black okay yeah with I an ebony that. fretboard yeah. and, I was, and it had the hotter gibson 500t and like 498r i believe or maybe still the 498 490r in the neck that i can't remember the black Ceramic inlays pickups. it had no inlays except for just a little crescent moon at the 12th fret nice and then on the back of the headstock it had this edgar Allan poe looking motherfucker oh wow but that guitar ripped super hard, and I, anyways, I tried to make my friend sell it to me, and he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But that, that, yeah, I've tried. I've, I want a V. But it'll happen eventually. They're just, I mean, they're even worse than a, a an Explorer in terms of practicality because, yeah, like they're a little bit bigger, and you have to have a special case. But also, just like good luck sitting with one of those. Can't sit down. Dog. I mean, that's the first thing I think of now when yeah. I, you know, because I love sitting and, and noodling the old guitar and. You got to stand with that. It's a rocking. It's a rock star guitar. Or you already do the classical style. Yeah, like hold it straight up. But I'll tell you what. You can which guitar you can sit down and just strum and play like a rock star. Which one? That new freaking Nile Rodgers hitmaker. Oh, I love that thing. Speaking of new gear, dude. And props to the guy playing on that demo. That oh yeah, demo. It yeah, was, it was a, great. Incredible. I loved his style. It was awesome. He was playing just like just like the man himself, Nile Rodgers. So at first, I mean. I'm sure, folks, you might have seen it already. Oh, almost just knocked my shit over. Fender has announced uh, and released a new non-custom shop version of the Nile Rodgers Hitmaker guitar, the Stratocaster, mm-hmm. and it's pretty. It looks pretty awesome. Uh, first of all, I've got every time I ever see Nile Rodgers come up, and then I see his list of credits. It's just staggering. Oh yeah, the variety and just amazing amount of iconic work that that man yeah. has done. Uh, but the Hitmaker features a 1960 style alder body. The story is that with the original guitar is a 1960 body, 1959 neck. Mm-hmm. This guitar, it's, it's like a 19. They, they basically model it after a 1960 for this particular reissue. Uh, Olympic white, which actually they did a good job with it. Yeah, I, I know agree. that you're pretty sensitive about Fender Olympic well, white. Well, the custom shop, I wasn't a fan of that Olympic white. The it darker, just, yellowier it was, it was, one. It was literally yellow. Yeah, I'm like, no, this isn't cool. But, uh, dude, that's, you know what else is super badass? He sprayed that finish himself. Like, on his on his guitar, he, he got that guitar, and he was like, you know what? With, like, the look for Chic, I want to, like, make this my thing. He sprayed it himself. Did he say if it was white before, and he just, like... I don't think it was. Oversprayed it to make it, like, clean again? Because a lot of guys did that back then. They were I don't like, know. oh, a little chip. But then, and, like and we talked about this, too. Uh, he put that freaking mirrored pick card on there, and he put those speed yeah. knobs. Speed knobs is... Dude, the freaking speed knobs. That's like the a white speed pawn knobs. shop special, dude. But you never... I feel like you never see never. that on strats, never. and I kind of really dig it. The clear speed knobs. I liked it a lot. On It's a it's a mirrored chrome-plated brass pick mm-hmm. guard. I didn't know that until this. Locking spurtzel tuners. I guess they're actually specifically... The pickups are voiced specific to this guitar, too. They're not just like standard Fender off-the-shelf pickups. The thing I really um, kind of... Uh, 
made me curious uh, in the description of that was the body, especially for a non-custom shop guitar. Say they said they have it has more contour than a standard Strat. It's a smaller body. Yeah, the it's yeah. A, it's it's thinner, right? It's thinner. It just all the dimensions are slightly shrunk down, which they actually also did recently with that Corey Wong signature Strat. Okay, the, I think he's in uh, Wolfpack and yeah, does a bunch of guitar-y stuff. That's interesting. It's also they're they've. They've yeah, it's the whole guitar, the whole profile of it's sort of sanded down a little bit. Because you would find that with guitars that have been refinished too many times, pulling the paint off. Yeah, and I mean even it. even John has a the sixty nineteen sixty Jazzmaster, and when you when you like when you're holding it, like the top, it just seems so thin. It feels skinny. It's weird. It's like it's been you know sanded or whatever, mm-hmm. but. It's just like that. It feels great. I mean, it's lightweight. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that guitar has that same kind of feel to it. So I really oh. want to try it. Yeah, that's it's a it's a it's a handsome instrument. Twenty five hundred, not w- cheap. Well, I want to talk about you know the American Fender line. I'm I'm really curious if they're going to start doing. I guess this is technically a, si- a signature model. Oh yeah. Um, are they going to start releasing more? Because I haven't heard about uh, too many signatures coming out of the American shop right now. Seems like hmm. everything's kind of like the the Ventera series, the reissue series, parallel the parallel universe, universe series. Yeah. It's kind of neat to see, like, maybe this is going to be opening a door for, like, another I'm all about of- it. Yeah, give us more limited run signature yeah. instruments. Why not? I yeah. think they're awesome. I think 2500 bucks is totally fair for, yeah. for a U.S. Strat, um, especially, you know, it seems like it's got some kind of cool custom features. When I saw the, the article at first, I was like, oh, geez, another Strat. And, like, the first thing I think is, I own a Strat. You've owned Strats. Mm-hmm. They, I mean... At the end of the day, if it's just the single coils and you're not messing with a the pickups, straight, a, a strat, it kind of is, man. Yeah. You know, a god dang strat. Oh. So it, this seems like it has a few extra Sometimes features. I forget you own a strat, but yeah. at least it's like the fucking coolest strat. I love my strat. Yeah. I, I wouldn't change Pink it for anything. Pink Paisley all day. But I'm watching the video and I'm going, I bet if that guy played my strat, he could probably make it sound exactly the same as, you know, the guy who was doing Definitely. the demo. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, to me, I was like, Oh well, this isn't that exciting. And then I started reading about it, and I was like, "All right, now I kind of want to play." It's a this cool thing. guitar. It's very, very fucking cool. It gets the Gearbud stamp of double ding dong approval. <laughs> you got it, dude. Oh my gosh, you're gonna freaking poop your pants because our wishes have been freaking granted. I wore my white underwear today. Oh, can't oh. wait to watch what happens after we basically begged for this on the show. The pedal making gods have provided it for us because. Dave, we've talked about this ad nauseum, the freaking PV Decade guitar amp and how it was this, you know, little crapola, couldn't give it away kind of practice amp. And then Josh Homme revealed that it was his secret weapon. And and they did the video base. And there's all this internet viable dramas about it. Well, my friend and friends, Acorn amplifiers have taken the PV Decade and made it into a pedal. Really? So now you can buy this. And dang it, I didn't look up the price. But not only can you use it just as it's the, the knobs are the same knobs that are on the front. It's like a pre and a post gain and mm-hmm. then a three band EQ. There's a couple foot switches on the front. Turn it on and off and maybe you can turn on like a more drive channel, I think is how that amp works. Not only can you just use that into the front end of your amp. And I watched a really dope demo actually by uh, this guy Demos in the Dark. Shout out or... Instagram friends and such. He does really good guitar demos in the dark, as one might assume. And he does a demo of it, and it sounds awesome, both into the front end of an amp. You know, you use it just like you would any sort of like preamp kind of distortion-y pedal. Or it also has a speaker out, and you can run it directly, not even into an amp. It's a freaking amplifier. Run it directly into a speaker cabinet, and you've got the PV Decade. You've got a portable PV Decade. Yeah. 
which well, is a portable amp. Anyway. <laughs> it's actually probably a little. As soon less as it portable. came out of my mouth, I was like, "Oh, actually, that is." <laughs> you have a portable a, guitar. Amp. You got a tiny guitar. Amp. Dude, I am. I have to get it. I'm gonna buy it. So I is it? Li- it's licensed through PV. Then? No. Oh Lord, no. Oh, they just they they copy. But it does sound. mirror the aesthetic okay. and controls. Cool. And, and I will say that <clears throat> the front of the amp is just like it looks kind of like it's designed to just look, or the front of the pedal lo- is designed to look like a sort of like a photo of the front of a, like a little practice amp. That's it's cool, pretty man. Fucking sick, dude. Oh, I need one. That's it so gets, cool. You know, I was surprised in the demo. Like it does that. Like kind of. It, he didn't put he didn't play bass in it, which is honestly probably the primary thing I'd want to try to do with it at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but the guitar stuff, it it, it does the, what you'd expect, and it kind of sounds almost a little better, like a little nicer than you'd expect. But then also it like gets super narbar saturated, crazy, like almost into rippy fuzz territory. Um, That's cool. Which I was not expecting, and really want to try out. I, I would hope that they would like you know build the circuit in in such a way that it can get a little crazier than the original. You know the original. We talk about this all the time. We just want a little extra. Just a little. I want to know where the bar is so I can back up. Dude, can we go on a little bit of a tangent? Because you just made me think of something. Yeah. I I was think I just had this sort of epiphany. It might have been today. It might have been a week ago. I don't know. But I had this sort of epiphany about buying things like this, and and this is a perfect example where, you know, Dave. I think a lot of our listeners probably around our same age and perhaps stages in life where we've were perhaps not as always active as we used to be music musically mm-hmm. playing shows. I mean, nobody is really with the pandemic right now, but like playing shows, playing yeah. with other people, doing all that sort of stuff. Oh, 100%. When you're working all the time and getting older and have less natural mm-hmm. energy, it's harder to sort of just naturally be like i'm gonna do like this and there there are annoying parts that come with playing music and being a musician where you have to like move stuff around or go places or you know be loud or, or in front meet of people new or band whatever. members or meet or, new band, yeah. band members all this sort of stuff yeah. sort of like motivate to do that is naturally becomes more difficult sure. the older we get i Absolutely. think for most of us i can't speak for everybody but i think this very is very fair to say and i had this sort of light bulb moment where you know what triggered it is this idea that the pedal is, is a little bit more than what it was like the original intent or design of it. You know, it could get a little bit crazier and that's something that we're looking for all the time. And sometimes I feel like, and, and I still feel this way and I, and I agree with what you're saying. I love, like I, I'm always looking for that, but I feel like we're sometimes us and we, when I say we, the gear world, like, you know, we kind of harp on like, Oh, some, they made another tube screamer or like, Oh, you know, there's not like a, a new innovation or whatever. And I think that I kind of accepted that I've accepted the idea of just make like, having to pump out a new distortion pedal and tube screamer every year because gear and pedals and and these smaller things in particular, depending on your sort of like income level or whatever, how much disposable income we have, these things like they're, they, they don't, they just need to be new because we need to have something new to get excited about so that we can still be excited about being. Oh yeah. We were, we we're always going to want to chase the dragon of trying out a new, a new distortion pedal or overdrive or whatever it is thinking that that might be the one. And that sparks us to then pick up the guitar and be excited about it. And maybe when, we, when we're feeling a little lazy or tired or distracted by life and families and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff, the, like it's okay that company X is just making another tube screamer because if it hits me at the time when I need to buy a new pedal, then that's okay because it's there to serve that need. For it's me. funny you brought up tube screamer because you saw the JHS release today. I didn't know. Oh, they released uh, their own. It's called like the, 
I forget, but it's a tube screamer. It's white though. It's not green. Uh-huh. That was kind of their marketing. They're like, it's not green, but yeah. they um, already made to JHS makes, I can't remember what it's called a tube screamer, which is I, an awesome pedal where like you can actually cycle through all the different types of tube oh, screamers. Cool. And it's, and it, you know, I didn't look it up. Shit. I just saw an ad on reverb for it. Huh. And I was like, Oh, it's funny. And you know, they were promoting it and stuff, but it was kind of like the idea was, yeah, it's just another tube screamer. It's 99 bucks. Mm-hmm. Check it out. JHS. If you like that company and you like the pedals, then you know, you probably, you'll probably like it. But, um, if it's kind of going along with what you're saying though, it's like, I'm okay with people just recycling the same ideas sometimes mm-hmm. because I, if, I love it feeds into, because it feeds into the deeper needs of why we buy pedals, not just perfecting our tone or like we have to have an overdrive to be able to play guitar. It's no, it's, it's to maintain and rekindle in some ways this constantly rekindle this love that we have for this thing. That's a huge part of us. And yeah. when you don't naturally feel that motivation and desire to push and, you know, put out records and finish songs right. and whatever, and all these different roadblocks are when you don't have those natural motivators, like we used to when we were younger and such, yeah. we need blues. Dads need freaking strats to be signature strats to come out to still be excited about playing and their guitar. Just because it has five eighths of an inch shaved off the body. Maybe I want to try that. Thing. That's right. Know, you know, um, I totally agree. And it's, and you know, and like you were saying, you know, we're not going to band rehearsals two or three times a week anymore. You know, that kind of stuff right. where you're like, Oh, I could buy I've something new and try it out for four hours and, you know, have some beers and go home. Like there's that whole idea, but now it's like, yeah, we need to, you know, maybe we're working from home. Maybe we're, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we're, we only get an hour a night or an hour a week to even like plug in and play some music, you know? And, and sometimes it's like, Oh, I could fill that hour with just lying down and sitting on Instagram. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, but if you have, a pedal that you're excited about or some yeah. new strings or whatever freaking it the thing is like if you have that to motivate you and you have you know and you've got a job because like that's what we're tired from are these jobs it's like well i might as well spend some of that money from that job to make me to continue to love this thing that i love yeah and i think that we're speaking we're probably preaching to a lot of choirs right now i hope you know so man I mean? I mean and it's kind and of why for me this, this acorn freaking amplifiers uh solid state is the name of the amp- the pedal i should say uh kind of hit me when i am like wanting to do rekindle things yeah. like that right now and can buy some pedals so i think that's what i'm saying the point of all this is that acorn amplifiers you hit me at the right time with the solid state i hope that they're available they're not just like yeah pre-order they, or pre-sale right might now be. i don't know i have no freaking idea how much they cost don't, doesn't matter you win you did it. <laughs> Thank you for doing it. We will be buying your Even product. if you just sit here and play the Queens of the Stone Age bass line on it. You know, no one knows. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I totally agree with you, though, on that. It's, you know, I... It's like even I got excited, you know, doing that little recording. I only got to leave the house for like three hours the other mm-hmm. day because I was just been so busy with work and I was like, I had a slow afternoon. I told the wife, I was like, I'll be home for dinner, but I'm going out for a couple hours mm-hmm. to like record. And I just, I, I'll be home for dinner, baby. Yeah, I'll be home. Have it hot on the table Don't when worry, I get babes. back. I'll be back. Um, but it was one of those things where I got there and I, and I ended up just mixing two pedals that I had never mixed together before. Yes, please tell us about I that. I blended two. I was looking for this. So, you know, I, I fuck with the, the electro harmonics based micro synth. Love it. And I was fucking with it and I just wasn't doing what I, what I had in my mind. Mm-hmm. And this is honestly the, one of the first times I've had that feeling where I was like, I know I can get there. And I almost gave up because I was playing through it. And, and that fucking thing with all the sliders, I mean, you can sit there for four hours and like come up with different you can tones. You sit there for the rest of your freaking it's life. It's crazy, dude. So I started messing with it, but I was kind of like, well, this one does this and this one does that. And, you know, you know, uh, stop frequency and start frequency and all that fun shit and sliding it. And I was just like, this isn't, it's too like, it was too like, like too like 
uh, like funky synth okay. sounding. And I wanted more of that, like this rolling kind of like fuzzed out, but sub octave thing. And I've yeah. got that sub octave, you know, um, pedal. I know. Meridian. Remember, oh, thank you for telling like, I can never yeah. remember the name the of the Meridian synth synthative with those beautiful wooden cheeks on. There. Yeah. We were talking about how beautiful much I love those wood cheeks. So I, I unplugged everything on my board and I plugged that in with the, um, that OD pedal, that's that gray spec that I got from Chicago Stomp Works. Oh, Chicago Stomp Works. Also, it would probably work if it was a DoD 250. Oh, correct? yes. So I ran that through it, and I dialed that in very subtly. And then I dialed the synth pedal in, or the new one, the Meridian, very subtly as well. I found out that that pedal does not like to have anything cranked. Like, it, it, yeah. it just sounds bad. If you looked, all my, all my things were, like, right around noon. And the volume was up. But then, like, all the little, you know, there's three other knobs. Sure. And they were just, like, nothing was, like, going crazy on it. And then I played that with the gray spec and I was like, holy shit, That's I think I got it. And it was this like really crazy sub octave. Um, it was the sound I was looking for. And, th and that just got me inspired to be like, all right, now I can work on this part oh, and write this thing. thing. And uh, I, I doubled a part that was a clean part with the uh, sub part so we can we can blend those. And, and, and it sounds super good. You sent me the files. I listened thanks. to Yeah. And it was just recorded approved. super basic, you know, no no plugins mm -hmm. or effects on it yet. So Not yet. They got to wait for yeah. the mix. And we'll that. mix it. In I want to say too, I, I love that. A lot of times, I think with pedals, especially in those types of crazy sounds, we can. It's often sort of letting the the cart lead the horse. Like we're, it's like, oh, we've like we we have to use this. I like have this pedal, and it's like, oh, I created this sound accidentally, sort of by happenstance, and then now I'm like form of sound or a song around it. But it's like you were like, oh, I've got this sound in my head, and I'm gonna like try to achieve yeah. that sound, and then. After experimentation, you got to the sound that you're looking for, which I'm, I'm that's sure so cool. I'm sure you and a lot of pedal enthusiasts have had this. Like I'm, I'm just still kind of like new to pedals. I'm like a sophomore in high school to pedals. Like yeah. I don't. You've had you them know, for a minute, but you're taking. I, mean, it to I don't next even. I'm not even driver's ed yet. And I'm and I'm I'm looking at like guys who I played with all through college and all through this. And I've always played with guys who are like crazy pedal collections. You have an insane pedal collection, and I'm always wondering like, do you get a sound in your head? that you know you can recreate and do you spend the time to dial it in or do you just say like fuck it like where's where's the line there you know what i mean where is the line with you second time i got to sing that oh what yeah it was nice the is answer your? to your question it is that i there sometimes i'm in my head i'm like okay i know what a digital delay sounds like right. and i just want that kind of thing to fuck around with so For then this i'll part. just but like mm -hmm. Or, you know, insert whatever effect here, spring reverb or what phaser, whatever the fuck. But then I would say that's like one quarter of the time. The rest of the time is, no, I'd say, no, it's a little bit more than that, but like a third. The rest of the time is like, okay, I know what those things sound like, but I'm going to kind of fuck it up and throw them together and maybe move the order around a little bit and see what happens. Yeah. Like, cause you know, I have my sort of like bass sound when I'm playing guitar, but no, when I'm like trying to, like, if it's like effecty stuff. It's definitely all right. Let's. I kind of know what these things do already for sure. Don't know what they're gonna do when they when they mix them. When they mix yeah. together, let's see what happens. Yeah, that was a fun thing for me because I those pedals weren't next to each other on the board mm -hmm. originally, and then I kind of took a, I took my whole board apart because I had to bring the micro synth in anyways. Mm. And you know, if if you remember that the switch doesn't really work yep. on that. It's either on or off, and when it's off, you get it's a kill switch. You get no signal. Mm -hmm. So I have to run it as its own thing. So I had the equalizer in front of it. And I was trying to, you know, just to boost the signal. 
and then I had it going and I was like, this is just not giving me what I want. So then my board was clear. I'm like, all right, let's take this and let's take that. I almost used the fuzz god for it, but I thought that would have been a little over the top with like the overdrive. It might have been just like a hiss noise factory. Yeah, it would have just been a noise, like too much high end and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, um, that gray spec really ended up working where I, I didn't even dial it in much. I mean, it's really like, I took a photo, but the knobs are just very subtle. Well, dude, that's a great point too, I think. And we can, you know, when you're using one effect, Going and pushing shit way up into the red zone makes <laughs> a lot of sense. But then when you start to pile effects on, and this is super true, especially once you start doing mixing with a bunch of plugins, too, yeah. the same thing happens where it's like, okay, well, the compressor sounded awesome. But then now that I got the EQ going a little bit, I need to dial the compressor back a little bit, too, yeah. to kind of. Because you're stacking all that and, shit on right. top of each other. And, you know, things get noisy and whatever. So. Yeah. Great, great thing that you just sort of stumbled into. If you're if you're stacking effects, maybe maybe dial it down a little bit, or take advantage of the blend knob. You know, if mm. it, if you can bring in some of your clean signal or quote unquote clean signal, mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, yeah. More absolutely. often than not, I prefer that sound on a pedal. Like to like if I have a blend on a pedal, I almost always want to use it. Oh yeah, you never just go like full. Which you know a lot of pedals are they don't, they don't have a blend. It's just like right. this is the effect and it's on or off, and then you can choose like the v- variables within the effect. But if it has an actual true clean blend, oh, that's just that's the sound, baby. Yeah, I think that's what that that grace pack has the uh, just a gain and then just a. If it's like the original DoD, it's a volume and a gain, so it's that's on or off. It doesn't have a blend with it. That, oh, okay. That it, but that's that's a kind of the way you're using it. It's almost like a boost, it's but subtle, with a yeah, little more boosty. hair on it. It's a little yeah. subtle boosty, hairy boost. Yeah, yeah, little, hairy boost. tickle. Yeah, man. So that was kind of a cool, uh, a cool way. But going back to what you're saying, you know, it was a cool way to just get away from the house for a couple hours and, and get excited, even with the stuff I do have. It doesn't mean you know. Well, people that have to grace pretty new. That's, it's that new. Synth is pretty new. And then, but it bring that's a that's another great little Dave tip right there. You know what? If you don't have anything new combine those two things a couple two three things together that feels like a new thing no i mean i'm at the point now where now i'm like oh that's gonna have to be in my regular chain Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna have to find a way to turn on two pedals at once so that'll probably be next week dave gets a little switcher well i do have one actually i've got that uh ab splitter one that i can use but that's a whole nother thing but i'm also like Oh man, and then but then it's gonna be out of that side of the chain. I don't know. It's it's a whole thing, man. It's so much fun though. I know it is. So that'll be probably next week's. So. That was exciting. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good stuff this week, man. A real a whole lot of good stuff. You know what? I've got to. I just got to ask you. You know what? You know. What? Never let's mind. Ch- let's talk. No, we no because we're we're already over. We're we're beyond the time. You want to go? You okay. I'm gonna save this for next week. All right. But you know what? I'm not gonna save next week. Thanking you for being such a great co-host with me on the show that i love to do thank with you, you man it's great being here and if you're listening folks thank you for making it to the end of the show because we wouldn't do it without you that's not true we lie a lot we would definitely do it without you because we love doing it and uh if you did make it this far why don't you go make some music